You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. So the kingdom is dynamic in nature. And when you talk about dynamics, you you know that it's it's got to do with motion. Right? It's it's got to do with the forces and the, the process of movement. So when we talk about kingdom dynamics, all we're talking about, we're talking about the things, the principles, the keys, and the factors that cause the kingdom to move. Yeah? yeah? The kingdom is so powerful that we have no idea. We have not even seen, not even a little bit of the kingdom. We are born into it, yes, by being born again, but I have news for you. The era we are entering into is an era where the kingdom is going to manifest. And that's why we're going to see the greatest move that this nation has ever seen. And it will be by reason of the manifestation of the kingdom. Okay? So we need to be schooled in the kingdom. We need to be educated in matters that pertain to the kingdom. So it's not just about having good motivational talks. Although they have their place, but we need to bring the kingdom. Because when the kingdom manifests, we are going to be changed. And not only us, we will see entire society change. It is very possible for Midran to be saved. Amen. Are you getting me? Yes. Yeah. It's very possible for it to happen where the entire Midran can be saved. Amen. So when we talk about reaching 10% of Midran and reaching every household of Midran, it's not, it's not a pie in the sky. It is a kingdom reality. So when you begin to see these things in, in connection with the kingdom, then you begin to see how possible it is. Okay? Amen. And we've had cases in the past where God has manifested his kingdom on earth. I made mention of uh, the days of John Wesley. Those of you that were in Bible school and you, you were in my class in church history, I talk a little bit about John, John Wesley and obviously about other people as well. But John Wesley, one of the things that was peculiar to John Wesley is that when, um, oh, I was talking about Charles Finney, but John Wesley also had his own role. John Wesley is the one that started the Methodist movement. How many people know the Methodist church? You have, how many Methodists are, are here? Maybe you came from a Methodist background. Okay, former Methodists. All right, yeah. So you, you, you need to see how John Wesley was able to bring the kingdom of God to England. And he was able to stop the revolution from France from getting into England by the power of the kingdom. Do you understand me? And by the power of the kingdom, he was able to influence the labor union in the, U- in the United Kingdom. 
and he stopped a revolution by the power of the gospel of the kingdom. And part of, part of his influence was what led to the end of slave trade. It's amazing. One of his disciples, on his deathbed, he handed the baton over to John Wilberforce. Oh, sorry, William Wilberforce. John is, yeah, yeah. John is Wesley. Wilberforce is William. William Wilberforce. So William Wilberforce was the one that ended slave trade. His, his, his influence. He was able to move the parliament, move the motion, and he, he pushed and pushed and pushed until he, it was stopped. But he was discipled by John Wesley. And when John Wesley was on his deathbed, he told John Wil uh, William Wilberforce, listen, make sure you finish with this. And of course, it finished. Yeah. He yeah. achieved it. So when the kingdom comes, lives improve. Conditions improve on the earth. Do you understand me? Yeah. So it's the, the eradication of slave trade was part of a demonstration of the kingdom. So I'm telling you there is a lot that we have not seen yet that will come as the kingdom manifests. As we begin to pray and as we begin to press in and we say, let the kingdom come. You, you think that you can stop violence by legislation. You cannot legislate the heart of man. You can put laws in place. Okay? You can put law enforcement agents, but the law enforcement agents are outnumbered. And in some cases, they have been infiltrated. You cannot trust the system of man because it's imperfect. But the kingdom is perfect. The kingdom is perfect. So when Charles Finney came into a place, the way it used to happen is this. Before Charles Finney comes to a place, there's a man by the name of Father Nash. Okay? Father Nash would go ahead. Father Nash would go ahead and he would pray. He would book a hotel room, a motel. He would pray and pray and pray and pray. He would pray and fast and pray and pray and pray until there's a breakthrough in the spirit. When he feels the kingdom has been released. The kingdom has come down. Then he now goes to John Wesley and says, you can come now. So when John Wesley comes, by the time John Wesley comes, he just preaches one short, small message. 90% of that city gets saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Kingdom dynamics. So the kingdom cannot move without prayer. Prayer is vital. Somebody say prayer. prayer. Prayer is vital for the kingdom to manifest. If we are going to see the kingdom, we must pray. Amen. We must pray for it to happen. 
We have many mega churches today. How come we have not been able to wipe out crime? How come we have not been able to stop corruption? The more the churches, the more the corruption. Yeah, isn't it? Why? The kingdom is not manifesting. We're having churches, but we're not having kingdom. That's it. That's the reason. So if we want to see significant impact in our communities, we need to bring the kingdom. We need to bring the kingdom. We can have fantastic services, and I love that. But I also want the kingdom. Amen. I want the kingdom. So Jesus, teaching his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 9, he says, In this manner pray, therefore, Sorry, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in where? In Umtata. (laughs) Huh? Our Father in? In KZN. Huh? Our Father in uh, Puno. Our father in the grave. Our ancestor. Hmm? Oh, okay. Our the latest is our mother. (laughs) Our mother of the nation. It's in Africa that somebody dies, then he now becomes a deity. Uh, When he's alive, he's human. Then when he dies, people pray to him. Amazing. What a transformation. Huh? Imagine you. (laughs) We start praying to you. Huh? How will you? Yeah. I start praying to you. Are you going to answer? How, how, can you answer? Can you perform any miracle? Change my life? You are gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But he says, our Father in heaven. I'm so happy Jesus added heaven there. Because if he had just said our Father, people would just add whatever they want to add. So he was very specific. This is about heaven. It's not about the earth. It's heaven first. So it's about heaven. That is who our father is. That is where we come from. All right? Father, being a father just simply means the source. He's he's our source. We came out of him. That's what it means. Okay? 
So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We hallow his name. That's worship there. When you, when you worship him. We want the kingdom to manifest. We can never ignore the Father. We cannot ignore the Father if we want the kingdom. I know you, the Holy Spirit is your friend. And you know, your best, best friend or your, you know, your senior partner or whatever it is. And you know, he's, he's everything to you. But the, the Holy Spirit is not the one that sent himself. Are you getting me? The, the Holy Spirit didn't send, him, send himself. He was sent. So for him to be sent means there is a higher one than him in the hierarchy of the Godhead. Okay? How will you feel if you woke up and your child just sent you on, on an errand? <laughs> huh? She must try. <laughs> yes. So, the Holy Spirit is God, but He is not the top. He's not the top shot in the Godhead. But He's God. I know that messes with some theological... Um, yeah. But you don't have that problem. I, I, remem I remember when I was teaching in a Bible school on the various doctrines of the Bible. Oh my God. Those people were so messed up. And I couldn't believe how difficult it was just to receive the simple fact that there is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit, and they are all different, but they are one. I just couldn't understand. And we spent a very long time just trying to iron that out. But what are we saying? The Father. He's the one that owns the kingdom. Amen. Yeah? Amen. So, he says, pray to the Father, our Father in heaven. We hallow his name. Alright? Hallowed be your name. I know some people say this prayer does not apply to us today. Because they say that we are in a different dispensation. Please don't listen to them. Okay? This applies to us today. Amen. Jesus will not introduce anything obsolete. If Jesus said it, it's relevant today. Are you getting me? Amen. Yeah, it's relevant today. We must not do away with what Jesus said. Amen. So, the next thing he says is, your what? Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the yardstick. That is the standard. Our standard should be heavenly. Amen. Not earthly. Amen. So, if we want to begin to see the kingdom, we in, uh, manifest in our lives, we need to be heavenly minded. Amen. We need to be what? Amen. Heavenly minded. 
Look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. The Bible says there, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above. Where is heaven? Below? Above. Yeah. Things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. So that scripture even tells you that the Father and Jesus are different. Because he's sitting at the right hand of God. I'm sitting at her right hand. Does that mean we are the same? Individuals. No. But we are the same in the sense that we are one. Amen. Amen. My wife and I are one. I'm seated at her right hand. But we are different individuals. So don't be confused. It's not that confusing. Religion that complicates things. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't it simple? Didn't you see? Yeah. I sat down there and you could see that I was at my right hand, <laughs> but we are one. The two are one. Amen. Does that know what the Bible says? Amen. The two are one, but we are different personalities. Hallelujah. So the Father. Who is the owner of the kingdom? Yes. Needs to be recognized. Amen. You must recognize the father. You cannot ignore the father. Because even though you love Jesus so much for laying down your, his life for you, it's the father that sent him. Amen. Jesus didn't send himself. I know some people send themselves. Yes, I, of course. I've seen people who send themselves. Oh, Pastor, I'm called to ministry now, so um, okay, goodbye, I'll see you. Who sent you? Because you have an anointing. God bless you. The anointing does not send. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a different story. I don't want Amen. to digress. Okay, so Matthew chapter 6, uh, chapter 6, back to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at that prayer again. Let's look at that prayer again. Huh? The kingdom moves when we pray. Yeah. The kingdom moves when we pray. If you want the kingdom to move in your life, you need to start praying prayers that are in accordance to what Jesus said. So you cannot ignore what Jesus said. Yes. And then you want to see the kingdom. Yeah. What, what kind of mindset is that? We need the kingdom. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We need the kingdom. So now what am I saying? You need the Father. You need Jesus. And you need the Holy Spirit. Amen. You need them all in your life. So when you pray, you need to understand their role even in the kingdom. 
Huh? If you read down, let's go down. Um, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Huh? Give us this day our daily bread. Come on. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yes. Lead us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For Look at that. Yours. Who is he talking to? The Father. For yours is the what? The kingdom. Huh? And the power and the glory. It all belongs to the Father. It all belongs to the Father. The kingdom belongs to the Father. But the Father has chosen to share it with you and I. He owns the kingdom, but he says, I want you to have some. I want you to have some. And how you're going to have it is that I make you a king. Because every king has a kingdom. But you have to seek the kingdom. So if you seek the kingdom, I'm telling you, you are seeking your greatness. Because you are a king. You have a kingdom, but you don't know. You don't know that you have a kingdom. But where is your kingdom? In God's kingdom. (laughs) It's not in isolation. It is in God's kingdom. So when you are praying, let your kingdom come. In that kingdom, that's where your kingdom is. Are you getting my point? Yeah, so when you are praying that, I'm telling you, you are setting yourself up for greatness. You are setting yourself up for phenomenal wonders. You are setting yourself up for the unusual, unimaginable. The unimaginable is right there in the kingdom. The supernatural is right there in the kingdom. The extraordinary is right there in the kingdom. So when you are praying for the kingdom, when you are pursuing and seeking the kingdom, I'm telling you something. You are setting yourself up for things that will cause people to marvel. So Jesus knew why he said we should do this. So I don't care who, how anointed or how smart or how, how, how big or how popular or how you know, rich or how whatever it is that person is or how wise he is. He can never be wiser than Jesus. So if Jesus told me to do this, I will do it. Amen. Hello? You can't be smarter than Jesus. You can't be. So let's stick to what Jesus said. Let's stick to it. Let the kingdom be our priority. Let the kingdom be our priority. If the power belongs to him, if the kingdom belongs to him, the power belongs to him, the glory belongs to him, and he has invited us. My goodness. That means when you seek the kingdom, there's going to be power in your life. There's going to be glory in your life. Do you know that when the kingdom is in manifestation, there's no shame? Your shame is wiped out. 
So any situation that is supposed to design to bring shame in your life is going to be eradicated by the kingdom. Yeah, I'm telling you. Many of us don't realize that the spirit of shame has been haunting us for so many years. Everything you do, the enemy is just trying to bring shame upon you. So that you become a laughing stock in the community. But that is being changed. Right now. By the kingdom of God. Because the word of the kingdom brings the kingdom. The kingdom does not come. It's preceded by the word of the kingdom. It's preceded by the word of the kingdom. I believe that we are set for things we didn't even imagine. Yeah. Some of us are still so limited. Why? Because we can't really see what the kingdom is about. So, if we want to see the kingdom manifest, part of the dynamics of the kingdom is prayer. And our prayer must have the right content. Okay? The prayer must contain what? The right content. So it must not be just a prayer out of anger and out of frustration and out of, uh, you know, um, out of of strife. If you pray out of strife, because you had an altercation with somebody, and then now you get up and say, hmm. I am going to pray. And by the time I pray for you, you are going to see who I am. That's not kingdom prayer. That's soulish prayer. At best, it's soulish. Soulish prayer. But there are some prayers that are witchcraft prayers. Yeah, I'm telling you. Charismatic witchcraft. Yeah. So some prayers. I I mean, I love to pray. Honestly, I love it. It's my comfort zone. (laughs) But I have learned over the years that not every prayer makes sense. God. Now, it doesn't make sense to God. How is it going to happen? So, just not just not just prayer, you know, every prayer is relevant. Not every prayer. God doesn't even hear every prayer. Not every prayer. He doesn't hear every prayer. There are some prayers he doesn't hear. I, are you surprised? I'll show you a scripture. First John chapter 5, he says, he, he says this, this is the confidence that we have. Huh? Yeah. This is the confidence that we have that uh, if we ask according to his will, yes. we know that he hears us. Yes. That's correct. That's correct. 
So, in other words, if you ask, not according to his will, he can't even hear. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. First John chapter 5, verse 14. Can you see that? Let's read it together. Come on. One, two, three. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So, which means there are prayers God does not hear. Why? It's not according to his will. So, when you pray and you say, everybody against my progress. Every spirit, every person against my progress appear and die. What is that? Huh? You want to start killing people now? That is witchcraft. That is witchcraft. Appear and die. So, if that person dies, guess who answered that prayer? <laughs> Satan. God did not hear it. But it got answered. Who answered it? So I'm not impressed with such prayers. It's witchcraft. May God forgive the church for witchcraft. Hallelujah. We want the kingdom. Uh, listen, it's the kingdom we want. Amen. We don't want the kingdom of darkness. We want the kingdom of God. Amen. The kingdom of heaven. Amen. That is what we want. Amen. Amen. If anything, I pray for my enemies to live long. Yes. So that they can see how God blesses me. Yes. No, no, no. Stop killing people. Let them, let them live long enough to see how God will honor you. Let them live long enough to see how God will vindicate you. Hallelujah. Let them be strong. And then they will see. Yeah, that's a better prayer. That's a better prayer. Makes more sense. Why? Then it gives glory to God. Because then when they now see, they say, oh my God, I didn't realize that you were so special to God. Yeah. Doesn't that give glory to God? But if you kill the person, he doesn't have time to even see anything. What do you gain? Nothing. How does it improve your life? Nothing. That's why you don't need to bring somebody down to rise. If you bring somebody down, it means you are lower than that person. You stay there. Hmm? Yeah. So all this, that attitude, that a lot of us, not in this place. In Africa. We must stop it. Stop bringing each other down. Amen. So, Jesus is teaching us to pray. And the question is, why would he teach them to pray for the kingdom 
and for the will of God. Because it's already time for the kingdom to manifest. It's time for the kingdom to come because we see that Jesus went all over the place declaring the kingdom. And in fact, God even took time to call John the Baptist to herald the kingdom. Correct? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was John the Baptist's message. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. But when Jesus come, came, Jesus now said the kingdom of God is here. He says the kingdom of God is here. He says there are many in our midst who will not die before they see the kingdom. Amen. Talking to his disciples. I think it was uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, just before that experience. Huh? Jesus was talking to the disciples. Let's see. Is it Matthew 17? Oh. My Lord. Matthew 16, verse 28. Look at, Assuredly I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His what? In His kingdom. And then, look at the next uh, 17, verse, verse, verse 1. It says, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Can you see what is happening here? Jesus says, Many of you will not taste death till you see the kingdom. Right? And then the next thing we hear about is he takes the three of them to the mountain. And then he's transfigured. What's happening there? Is the kingdom manifesting? Yeah, that was the kingdom. That was, that was the kingdom. His face changed. His clothes well, like light. His face like the sun. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the kingdom. How would you feel if you came to church and you just saw everybody's face like the sun? Come on, that would be awesome. So when you are praying for the kingdom, that's part of what you are asking for. Do you like that? Okay, some of you are too scared yes. to say yes. yes. It is coming, whether you like it or not. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're praying for it. So he, he, they, see, they are amazed, they are shocked. Jesus is he's up there and all of a sudden his face changed. His clothes changed. And then Elijah comes down. And Moses. And they start talking to Jesus. Say, that's the kingdom. 
Yeah, that's part of the kingdom. So how, how would you feel if Moses came and started talking to you? Yeah, it's going to happen. Amen. Yeah, the Lord has shown me it's going to happen. Amen. But it's the kingdom that will bring it. It's the kingdom that will bring it, I'm telling you. So we need to continue to pray for the kingdom. Yes, continue to pray for the kingdom. Elijah just comes and starts talking to you. How about that? How would you feel? Moses just came to you and starts talking to you. And just talking. And he's telling you things. Hmm? I'm telling you before God, I'm not lying. The Lord has shown me this thing. Amen. That it's going to happen to some of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But we need to pursue the kingdom. We need to pursue what? The kingdom. It's real. When you begin to interact with heavenly beings. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm not, I know some people might not, you know, you, they might not be comfortable with this kind of talk, but who cares? When the kingdom manifests, the results will speak for themselves. Okay? Yeah. That's why we're not pursuing everything that everybody else is pursuing. Why? Because the kingdom is more powerful. It's more powerful. Amen. I want the kingdom. Amen. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray for a moment. Come on, why don't you just pray? Come on, let's pray for the kingdom. Lord my God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mighty God, mighty God, we ask for your kingdom to invade this land. We ask for your kingdom to invade this land. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We ask for your kingdom. We ask for your kingdom. We ask for your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. As it is in heaven. Let it be in our lives. As it is in heaven. Let it be in our homes. As it is in heaven. Let it be in this church as it is in heaven. Let it be in this city as it is in heaven. Let it be in this nation. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. We pray for your kingdom. We ask for your kingdom. We ask for your will. Your will to be done on earth. As it is in heaven. 
mighty God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Look at what the Bible says. Now, as Moses and Elijah appeared and were speaking to Jesus, Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. <laughs> it is good indeed. It is good for us to be here if you wish. Let us make here three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let's camp here. One for you. One for Moses. We just want to stay here and be watching you guys. You, you, you just keep talking. We don't need to go down anymore. Let's stay here. We, I, honestly, I can build this tabernacle for you. We'll do that. Hmm? And let's look at the next verse. Look at what the Bible says. Next verse. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Say kingdom. kingdom. Listen, the kingdom is so vast. There's, there's so many aspects to the kingdom that we have not even begun to scratch the surface. So this is a kingdom that came on that mountain. Okay? The kingdom comes. Boom. And then Moses comes out of it. Elijah comes out. And they are talking to Jesus. And obviously Jesus has, has entered into the kingdom. Alright? And they can see this interaction going on between Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. What were they talking about? We don't know. But they were talking. And it was important. Yeah. Or else they would not have come. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Because everything in the kingdom is for a purpose. Amen. It's not just for fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's for a purpose. And a cloud now comes out. A cloud comes out and overshadows them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So when the kingdom is in manifestation, there are things you begin to hear. There are things you begin to see. There are things you begin to hear. This is my beloved son. So th that was the father speaking. Okay? That was the father speaking to Peter. Listen to him. Peter, you're not the boss. <laughs> Remember this? Was, this is in chapter 17. You know, chapter 16 is where he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he tried to rebuke Jesus. Yes. You, you remember that? Yes. So now the Father is telling Peter, Peter, you better listen to him. Yes. He is the one that will tell you what to do. You don't tell him what to do. Amen. Amen. Now you are already instructing him that you want to put tabernacle here. So in the kingdom, you need to know who to listen to. So in the kingdom, it's not everybody you listen to. One of the greatest sources of confusion in Christianity today is because people don't know who to listen to and who not to listen to. That's all. When you listen to everybody, you'll be so confused. I remember the story. 
that I heard many years ago about this man. He was traveling, okay? He was traveling and he had a donkey in those days. And uh, the donkey, he was walking and he got to a place where people now began to talk about him. He said, look at this man. He has a donkey and, you know, he's, 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 he's riding the donkey all along. This donkey is tired now. But this man keeps... So everybody was talking. So he came down from the donkey. And he was walking alongside the donkey. Then he came to another village. And people said, look at this fool. He has a donkey and yet he's trekking. Huh? Instead of him to ride the donkey, he's walking next to the donkey. So he heard that. Then he climbed the donkey. And started walking. He got to the next village. People started talking. So he, he was just changing according to people's conversations. That's how some people's life is. Popular opinion is what rules them. So Jesus is telling them, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In the kingdom, you better listen to Jesus. It's Jesus that will speak. When Jesus speaks, you better listen. So, not even your favorite pastor. Jesus. You need to listen to him. Amen? Amen. So, if your pastor says something that is contrary to what Jesus is saying, you don't listen to that pastor, including me. Okay? So, if I tell you something and Jesus is saying something else, hey, you better just ignore me and follow Jesus. Okay? Yeah. Don't be so, so, you know, loyal to me that you become disloyal to Jesus. In the kingdom, this is vital. This is vital. So, if we want to see the kingdom, we need to pray. But I want to see this kind of things. Honestly, I desire for the kingdom to come in such a strong way that heaven will open and you begin to interact with other family members. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You have not met them, but you will meet them. When the kingdom comes, you will meet them. I know when you get to heaven, you will meet them, but if the kingdom comes and the kingdom comes down, they are part of the kingdom, so you will meet them. Amazing. They are not dead, so stop thinking, okay, the Bible says, you know, no, 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 no. This is not ancestralism. Yeah. This is the communion of the saints. Amen. That's what the Bible calls that, the communion of the saints. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.